better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. No way. No way that you could come from my loin. Soon as I get home, the first thing I'm going to do is punch your mama in the mouth. There we go. Off and running with you on this Monday. Let's just say for the record, don't ever punch your mama or anybody's mama in the mouth, period. It's it's just a line from a movie. That's all it is. I don't need an email about that. (laughs) Don't don't send them. Welcome into the show on this Monday in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agents. What in the wide, what wide, in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Everything got turned upside down. Let's see. One team did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, that was Ole Miss. They got a sweep of Missouri. And uh, in the in the words of Tim Elko, when that one was over, he looked into the camera and he said, you don't want, old, you don't want the Rebels to get hot. Well, if you're going to get hot, now's the time of year to get hot. And with that sweep this weekend, Ole Miss has moved themselves inside, squarely inside the top 12, you know, with two weeks to go to make Hoover. Meanwhile, in Stark Vegas. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? They're not. Uh, right now, well, are they? I think, I think, okay, you've got two weeks left. Okay, so there's a lot of. There's still a lot of pitches to be thrown, but I think as of right now, at this very moment, somebody told me that, what, state, I guess it would include tiebreakers or something. I mean, because I can't look at records, but somebody told me that state would be the 12th team or the last team in the field at the SEC tournament, but you still have, you know, a midweek game and then two, or maybe two midweek games left and two Weekend series, one on the road, and then one at home against the number one team in the country. That'd be Tennessee coming in at the end. So State's got like a lot of they got to figure out a you know small miracle here in the last two weeks just to hold on to being in Hoover. I, y'all may have a better grasp of those standings than I do. Again, somebody told me no, they're twelfth out of fourteen right now. But if you look, Kentucky took two out of three from Tennessee. Which is a huge upset. First series loss of the year for Tennessee. It's not a big deal for them. It doesn't really change their position in any way, but it changes it maybe for Kentucky because now Kentucky at 9-15 and 15 in SEC play is tied with State because State got swept by Florida at home this weekend. And while all of those, you could say, okay, you know, maybe it is a surprise Ole Miss Sweeps, you know, Missouri. I, I wouldn't necessarily be uh, surprised by that. You might go, well, um, yeah, I'm surprised that State would get swept by Florida. Not surprised they lose a series, but surprised that they got swept. Okay, well, maybe you, maybe you could be uh, surprised by that. But I would actually say that it was a bigger surprise for Southern Miss to drop the series at home to 
Old Dominion. Now, Old Dominion's been playing better baseball. They're, they're not a bad team at all. They were a tournament team last year. But, man, they went in there on Friday and Saturday, Old Dominion, and just shut the Southern Miss bats down. Southern Miss scored one run in a loss on Friday, scored three runs in a loss on Saturday, and pulled out an extra innings, five to four. Well, I think it was like 13 innings or something yesterday to avoid a sweep. I mean, it was that close. No, it was not 13. It was 10. Scored a run and walked it off in the bottom of the 10th inning to get a 5-4 to four win, and that's how Southern Miss avoided the sweep. So they're still at the top of their conference. Southern Miss is, that, that, by the way. They're still at the top of their conference. They are 36-12 and 12 overall, 18-6 and six in the conference, so they're still at the top of Conference USA. But they've now lost two series in a row after being just about as hot as a team, any team in the country. Played themselves all the way up to a... Number four ranking, had an RPI in the top ten. They've dropped down now, at least uh, I guess it was a D1 rankings, dropped Southern Miss down to number 14, for whatever that's worth. I mean, at this time of year, the those rankings don't matter nearly as much maybe as RPI stuff does. But still, I mean, they're in t- inside the top 15. I haven't looked at RPI this morning. Uh, and if you look, <laughs> there is a big game happening, and I think, is Southern Miss hosting that game? Or is this going to be um, at Pearl this week? Anyway, Southern Miss plays Ole Miss on Wednesday night. And so there's an RPI game for you, for whoever the winner is. Probably a huge opportunity for Ole Miss, actually. Neutral side against a really high RPI team in Southern Miss, but when you look at what's left for Southern Miss, again, they're trying to, they want to host. And there's a lot of years where the 16 host sites and host teams will sort of mirror the the top 16 to 18 or so in the RPI, really. And so you got to watch that if you're Southern Miss. Okay, and and so you got Southern Miss playing Ole Miss on Wednesday, and then uh, a home series against UTSA. And then Southern Miss will finish the year at the end of May, three-game series at Middle Tennessee, at MTSU, on the road. So they do get to finish with a road one, which is good. Um, The Conference USA Baseball Tournament this year is going to be held at Pete Taylor Park at Southern Miss. I think it starts on Wednesday of that week, the last week of May. Um, So that's kind of what they're looking at. It's a Really and truly, depending on what they do – in the remaining seven games, so it's one in the midweek against Ole Miss, three against UTSA, and three against Middle Tennessee. So with what they do, depending on what they do in these final seven games, they were going a hot streak, win a bunch of them or all or something like that, play themselves into it. But it's not likely you finish on a 7-0 streak. They could, but it's not likely. So if if you get to the end of the year and Southern Miss is sitting there at 14, 15, something like that in the RPI. Get a host site, squeeze in there as one of the last host sites. You'll look back at avoiding a home sweep to Old Dominion this weekend by winning a one-run 5-4 walk-off game in 10 innings as being huge. Because we've talked about RPI stuff in the past, you know, and what it does is it really... It'll really ding you for home losses. 
Let's see where Southern Miss is. As of this morning, whew, as of this morning, they are 15th in the RPI. So you're going to have 16 host sites. If they were to mirror the RPI rankings, it's Tennessee 1, 2 is Oregon State, 3 Oklahoma State, 4 Vandy. They're not hosting. 5 Georgia Southern, 6 Dallas Baptist, 7 Miami. This is RPI. 8 Georgia, 9 Virginia Tech, 10 Auburn, 11 Notre Dame, 12 Florida. They're not hosting. 13 Louisville, 14 Virginia, 15 Southern Miss, 16 Texas. And see, and then you get to like 17, 18, 19. 17 is LSU, 18 is Clemson, 19 is Oregon. You got Arkansas down there at 21 in the RPI. You have Texas A&M at 24 in the RPI, and in terms of rankings, they've jumped up in everybody's top 10. Um, and Florida State's in the top 25 also. So, you know, if you look at somebody like Arkansas, for instance, I mean, it's you could say you could easily make a case for them going, you know, there, there may be a team like Vandy or Florida that's RPI-wise, they're in the top 16, but they're not going to host. But but Arkansas at 21 probably would if they were seeding it uh, today. So just looking at it, and I'm not, look, for y'all that are listening, I'm not looking at this from Ole Miss's perspective or States. States' NCAA tournament chances are done. It's over. As over as it was, I was pretty much telling you that last week, but you know, you can just wrap that up. I'm just telling you, it's done. It's over. Uh, there's not enough opportunity left on the table, and that is including the SEC tournament in Hoover. It's over. State's not going to be in the field of 64. The end. Chalk it up. Ain't happening. If State wants to finish its season on a positive note, you're going to have to do it here in the remaining of the regular season and get into Hoover and, you know, have a little fun over there in Hoover. That's the only postseason that this Mississippi State team is going to play. Uh, you know, for Ole Miss, I don't know. They're sitting, they swept uh, Missouri at home. They're sitting there at 56 in the RPI, 27 and 19 overall. You see, they're four games below 500 in SEC play right now. They're 10 and 14. And when you look at what's coming up in the last two weeks, like I said, um, they're going to play Southern Miss on Wednesday night. And that's an R- RPI opportunity, okay, for Ole Miss, where you're away from home against a top 15 RPI. But then it's three games at LSU. They'll travel to Arkansas State for a midweek. And then uh, they'll finish up by hosting Texas A&M. So there's some opportunity on the table for Ole Miss. I mean, right now, as it stands, even after sweeping Missouri at home, they still are kind of on the outside looking in. You look at overall record, you look at RPI, you look at conference record and standing. I think they're still probably on the outside looking in in terms of the NCAA tournament. But there's enough opportunity on the table for Ole Miss with where they stand right now to, you know, if they they go on a little mini run right here, they could play themselves in, go be somebody's three seed somewhere. State's done. It's over. It'll, it'll have to be Hoover or bust for Mississippi State. For Southern Miss, there's no question about NCAA tournament appearance. Their deal is they need to win, 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 and so that they can host. Because right now they're hosting in the postseason. But they've dropped two series in a row. And if they don't if, if they don't win these last two series, you're going to put the hosting thing in jeopardy. You really are. 
And, you know, you hope they don't do that. You want to see them host. We'll go down there. I'll go down there and watch some baseball if they're hosting a regional. Sure will. They'll allow us. What is it? The 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 Eagles Nest, Buzzard Roost, out there in right field, whatever it is. They tailgate, cook, nice people. I've been out there before, briefly, but it is a neat scene. So um yeah, so there you go. I I'm you know, I'll get into kind of what happened today. A, a three game sweep at home is worst case scenario. You know, best case going into the weekend would be state sweeps Florida. And I was saying going into the weekend, they need to win them all to the rest of the way to feel like they've played themselves into a, a, a shot. They need to go on a mini run themselves. Well, it was the exact opposite. Worst case scenario. Couldn't get outs in the ninth inning. We'll get into some of those numbers. All right, so y'all text me on the country please and text line, country please and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. It is the best. I had some, I didn't eat some for breakfast, but I had some for lunch. Green onion, sausage, showed it, ate it for lunch. <laughs> a little bit. I just nibble on it. <laughs> I cook it first. Text me at 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And I'll, I'll give you the phone number. We'll get to some phone calls in a bit when they come in. Nick on the country pleasing text line says, Matt, you know when you're a kid and you tell your mom if she'll get you this toy for you, she will never have to buy you another one. Nick says, well, I think that actually happened with MSU baseball. Well, I'll tell you this, Nick. I have seen and heard multiple people, even after getting swept this weekend and killing State's postseason chances, I've heard multiple multiple people say and seen them type and post stuff like, frankly, I'm still living on last year. Or, no, I don't like this. You don't accept it. But after what happened last year, I'm fine with it. Say what you want, Nick, but the reality is this for state fans. All year long, the reaction to this season, whether it be reaction to injuries, to losses, as the season began to spiral downward, the reaction was just muted at best from majority of the fan base because it's. I'm just saying it's reality, and I don't blame a single state fan. You still, you still are are tied to the emotions from last year, and you can close your eyes, and it was so recent you can still relive what it was like to pull for a team that won the national championship. And there aren't a whole lot of schools who can say that. And for state fans, they are. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Now, there is a difference. There's a very clear difference. Me and you, Nick, as fans, versus being on the team or coaching it. You know, if you're on the team, you just don't see it that way. Last year's gone. It's over. You're not even thinking about it anymore. And this is unacceptable. If you're Lamonis, you're looking at it going, man, I coach at a place where missing the postseason is not acceptable. Sure, there are some things that happen, but you didn't overcome them. Really. And and so nobody inside the clubhouse there or the Palmero Center there at, at uh, beside Duty Noble Field, nobody's accepting this in any way or looking back to last year. But the fans, they are. And they're allowed to. Because... A lot of other places would be, too. <laughs> That's just the way it is. 
That's the reality. Oh, and by the way, Nick, to answer your question, he says, how was that Williamsville bacon, though? It was outstanding. Big old thick pieces of bacon. One day I fried some in a pan. The other day I cooked some in the oven. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think I'm going to get the crock pot out and make a big pot of beans and put some of that bacon in that, too. I'll tell you how it goes. Okay, Next Gen Reb texts the show, says this game Wednesday night is at Southern Miss. Pete Taylor Park, so Southern Miss will host Ole Miss. Huge game, by the way. And huge opportunity for Ole Miss. I mean, a midweek on the road at a top 15 RPI. You're coming off a sweep. You got momentum. You're feeling good about yourself. What You've already dropped a midweek game, so you're kind of getting a little rematch deal going. This time it's at their place. And if you go, if, if Ole Miss could go and win, they're sitting there at 50 something in the RPI right now, 56. You go beat a top 15 RPI at their place, road game in a midweek, it's really going to reward you. Maybe, I mean, would one win like that jump you into the inside the top 50? It probably would. And then, you know, there's a lot of other games that are going to happen home and away. So it's not the end of it. I'm just telling you. What I think might happen with that. It's a big opportunity for, for Ole Miss. And for Southern Miss, if you're looking at it, you've lost two series in a row. The RPI has fallen from top 10. Now you're down there at 15. You're still hosting as of right now, but you're, you're coming off a series loss. It's a home game for you against a 50-something RPI team. So, no, I mean, Southern Miss is not going to, you know, they're not going to take a hit even if they win the game. It's just that if you lose a home game, the RPI really can damage you, especially one that's outside of the top 50, which Ole Miss is right now. So it's kind of a consequence game on Wednesday night for Southern Miss. Roshana texts the show, says, I think a lot of our fans have unfair, unrealistic expectations. Not only have we lost a lot of players from last year, but this year as well, and really surprised how many games we have won in spite of it. Yeah, they did. You know, that's it. Um Roshan, what do you think about this? I was thinking about this uh, over the weekend. You couldn't close games out in the ninth inning, right? Well, what did you do really well last year? You had Landon Sims. You roll that sucker out there, it was over. Most of the time, including in Omaha. State fans would begin, you had a lead in the eighth inning and in comes Landon Sims, they'd go ahead and begin the celebration. They start tying the flag to the flagpole, ready to raise it in the eighth inning because he's out there. It's how automatic he was for most of it, right? Well, so what I thought was, I'm watching State. I w- okay, and I'll admit, I was not able to watch very many pitches of the game, but I was keeping up with the the, the real-time, uh, what do you call it, the game cast that gives you a box score and a count of every pitch. And so you're not watching the game, you're just seeing the results on your phone. And I'm sitting there going, they're giving up the ninth inning runs, and I'm going, LPL. You know what LPL stands for? Y'all feel y'all feel free to tweet this, but just credit me, okay? <laughs> LPL stands for life post landing. And for Mississippi State, life post landing is isn't pretty and hasn't been pretty. LPL has kind of stunk for State. Life post-Landon in more ways than one. Not only do you not have him closing games for you, you didn't have him at all. 
after the first month of the season. And he's like leading the country in strikeouts and had struck out 12 of 13 batters when he got hurt. So, and here's the thing we know, Roshana, even if Landon Sims hadn't gotten hurt and was still going out and pitching for you every Friday night, you still wouldn't have won very many Friday night games with him on the mound. He'd have had a terrible win-loss because State couldn't score runs against other guys, Friday night guys. That would be an interesting experiment, uh, you know, just to see, okay, it's a giant what-if. Okay, you know, that's all it is. A big super-duper hypothetical is all it is. But if you were to look at Friday night games in which Landon Sims would have been pitching for State, had he been healthy, how many runs was State scoring against the other guys? Okay, so let's look at every SEC series Friday night game. We'll do that when we come back, and I'll give you those numbers. And you, you won't be surprised, but you might even be a little bit shocked. And then the other thing this weekend, there were some numbers that jumped out at you that was more of the characteristics. And the thing about it is, there's a just like you said, Roshana, there's a lot about State's team this year. It's not like they're terrible. It's not like they're bad. There's some key parts, though, that have kept them from being able to win ball games, which leads to a bad record and a bad outcome. Ole Miss, their nose is still feeling like they're above water. With seven games left, or or eight. Southern Miss right now is hosting, but they got to take care of business. If they continue this little slide, they're going to be disappointed and be on the road somewhere in the postseason. That's where we are right now. More of your text coming up. Stick around. Another guy who's not bald. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's a Matt Wyatt Show. Back with you. Yeah, so State was outscored by Florida this weekend, 23-11. to 23-11 across the three games. So, you know, it's bad on both accounts, right? Like, so your pitching gave up an average of a little over seven runs a ball game. A little over seven runs of ball games, which you allow on the mound, and then at the plate in three games, you score eleven runs total. You know, so just not quite good enough uh, either way. But the ninth inning, okay. So you look at the back end of your bullpen. Uh, competitive game, you lose it by one run. No, two runs. Competitive game on the Friday night. You lose eight to six. You come back though, and on Saturday, Sunday, you're going to have Preston Johnson hit the mound, a strikeout guy, and Cade Smith, who's been pretty good for you, go in on Saturday, Sunday. And it's the back end of your staff gave up in, in those two games, gave up 13 runs in the ninth inning. Gosh, is that right? Gave up 13 runs in the ninth inning, as it were. If you conclude the eighth and the ninth innings, be 14 runs. And on the weekend, uh, State was 
with runners in scoring at the plate, with runners in scoring position, State batted uh, seven for thirty-two. They were seven for thirty-two with runners in scoring position. That's two eighteen as a team. Thirty-two times you're at the plate with runners in scoring position, and didn't just didn't get the hits. But I mean, when you're giving up lots of runs in the ninth inning, you you come away from it going, well, what would it have mattered? You know, you can't help but wonder. Um. Yeah, we got you. Unnamed texture says uh, Ole Miss goes to Hattiesburg on Wednesday. Wednesday, home game for Southern Miss. Huge game. Talked about that. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff said, I think State's done too many injuries for an already young team to overcome. Uh, what they can do is get those even younger guys some experience, he says. Get guys back. Come out swinging next year. Jason also said, anyone who's been a State fan for more than 12 minutes should have expected this after last year. <laughs> it's just the way it is for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coffee Norman. Hey, Norman, good to hear from you. Been a while. Uh, Coffee Norman says, Matt, what do you think about social media rants about hitting the transfer portal in baseball? I don't think this team is that far off. Thoughts? Okay, uh, well, social media rants, there you go. Okay, that, that's, that's the category, so knowing what the category is sort of <laughs> puts a certain paint job on the evaluation of what's being said in that particular category, social media rants. But I would say, yeah, I mean, they've got to. They, you have to, right? They're, they're going to really have to. And they're going to have to be specific and sort of hit some home runs there. Pun! But a lot of it will be pitching you've seen based on last year and some of the... Well, if you just kind of exclude this year, you go back to the end of this sort of just fantastic run for state baseball. Even though they had multiple head coaches in that period of time, three straight trips to Omaha, five straight super regional appearances going back last year and beyond. And that whole time it was just one team after the other of how important pitching is and the depth and finding the arms. And and even last year to this, with what they lost on the mound from last year's team to you coming to this year's team and what little bit you did have coming back changed roles on you, then got hurt, and you ran out of pitching depth as the year went on. And you were already relying on guys in new roles and freshmen. And it wasn't working that great for you even before the injuries. So it pretty much uh, puts that into there's just nothing you can do with it perspective. So they're going to have to hit the portal. They don't really have a choice. Uh, Next Gen Reb says, I bought my tickets to this game long ago and knew it would be a big game, but not for this reason. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, Ole Miss playing at Southern Miss on Wednesday night. Roshana says, you can't replace what Landon gave us. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Landon Sims last year, what he gave you. And, you know, again, how much you were relying on this year. But see, Roshana, that's what I was saying uh, before the break is, if as state fans, if we really want to be punched in the mouth here about this year, it's there. There were pitching issues, okay, but that wasn't it. 
It was the inconsistency scoring runs, too, because if we did a total hypothetical, so listen to this. You go complete hypothetical. Landon, let's say, let's say LPL never happens. LPL stands for life post-Landon. Let's say we never had to go through life post-Landon. He didn't get hurt. Let's say he's pitching for you on Friday nights in the SEC. His win-loss would not be very good because State has not scored runs, many anyway, against Friday night guys in the SEC. Or Friday, I say Friday night guys, you know, certainly starters, you get into somebody's bullpen and start to score some Friday night runs. But let's just look at the SEC weekends and pretend that Landon Sims was pitching for you on these Friday night games. Okay, series opener against Georgia. State was shut out, scored zero runs. Now, the next week against Alabama, they scored seven and won the ballgame on Friday night. Friday night at Arkansas, scored one run, lost. Friday night against LSU, scored two runs, lost. Friday night against Auburn, scored seven runs and won it. Friday or Thursday, opening of the series performance against the Ace for Ole Miss, scored two runs, lost. Now, here's an outlier. They scored 13 runs and won the opener on that Friday against Missouri. That's really the outlier. And then, of course, uh, Friday night against Florida. You put up six runs, and some of those runs were late, obviously. But, you know, if we could say if Landon Sims starts that game for you Friday night against Florida, he probably doesn't give up eight runs. But I know that... Um, Again, a lot of the runs Florida scored throughout the series were late in the ballgames once you got into bullpen stuff. Um, but my point is that in the SEC, I don't know that things would be a huge difference. Now, where the difference might be in the pecking order of guys who hit the mound for you the rest of the weekend, right? Because the depth plays into that. You know, it, anyway, you get the point, though. They didn't score a ton of runs on Friday nights in the SEC. Resdog says, um, State did not lose that much. Got to score runs. No excuse for this. Uh, well, they did. They actually did lose a lot off last year's team. And, and most of it pitching. I mean, and that really puts it in perspective from last year's team, Resdog, because what they lost at the plate was Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, and that's losing a lot off last year's team. But they did lose a lot off last year's team. Because you kind of lost Landon Sims, too, because he changed his role. When you look at that team last year, you had a bona fide ace in Christian McLeod, a lefty, throwing on Friday nights. And I know he didn't finish the year strong and has run into an arm problem this year. But he was a bona fide, experienced ace for you. And then the next guy out who was pitching all year long, who was pitching game twos, was Will Bednar who dominated Omaha and a first-round pick, and so far in his appearances this year in the minors is dominating that. I mean, your one-two last year is just not even close to what it is this year. And then you eventually settled in on a senior in, or an older guy in Harding who was huge for you in Omaha. So from a starting pitching standpoint, I know my hat is certainly off to Preston Johnson. I think he's done a good job this year. And, uh, you know, a ton of strikeouts, and he's a battler. 
But you had one first-round pick on your whole baseball team this year, and um, <clears throat> that was Landon Sims. And you changed his role, right? So you didn't have him on the back end like you did last year. So you kind of lost him too. Um, so they they did lose, especially on the mound. They did lose a lot. But I agree with you. You go, well, you got to score runs, right? Because what you were returning – was the thought that you had these veteran bats in your lineup that were really going to lead you this year. And it's not like they've been terrible. They haven't. It's not like Logan Tanner's had a terrible year. He hasn't. It's just, you know, your home runs leaders are a a newcomer. You know, your best guys at the plate, at least in terms of the most explosive and consistently explosive at the plate throughout the SEC season, have been two newcomers, Hunter Hines. And he even went through his freshman slump for a while and then certainly R.J. Yeager who was the transfer in there so there it is and look at the SEC stats doesn't really matter at this point I mean because for State and Ole Miss right now it's Hoover or bust now Ole Miss can still make up some ground and play themselves into the tournament you feel like certainly but I think State's done that's just where it is More of your texts coming up. We're rolling along here on a Reaction Monday. Y'all feel free to give me a call. The Divinity Equipment phone line is open to you. The number to call, 601 number 995-1059. We'll take your phone calls. Stay with me. Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio right now. Back with you in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Continuing the conversation. Y'all feel free to call me. Phone line's open to you. It's the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, your Kubota dealer in Madison and in Jackson. Number to call me, 995-1059-601-995-1059. Over to the text line, the country pleasing texts. Res Dog. He said earlier, you know, State didn't lose that much. You got to score runs. And I agree with that. You know, I felt like certainly the majority of what they lost was mound presence. Like dominant arms on the mound where guys that if they're on, it didn't matter who you were playing. You know, anybody was going to have a hard time with them, as it was proven in Omaha. And because you had guys like 1-2 every weekend, you had a McLeod and then Bednar. And they're getting you to Landon Sims at the back end, who was just, just dominant shutdown as a closer. You didn't have any of that this year. And so, yeah, you got to score more runs, and you thought you might, but you didn't. Right. And uh, Res Dog texted the show and says Logan Tanner, Cumbus, Clark, Forsyth, Hancock, and James, all same players. And what they are missing is clutch hitting from Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan. You said pitching is not as good, but it hasn't been awful until this weekend. And and it's like an, uh, for me, Res Dog, it's like an agree to disagree with you. The point you're making on the front end there about your experienced bats in the lineup. Um, I agree with you, and I, I made that point 
a couple of weeks ago and it stands up when you and there's different ways to to illustrate it but look at it this way um so if you look at southeastern conference stats as of today sec stats all those veteran guys that you just mentioned logan tanner cumbus kellum clark forsyth hancock cameron james who were a big part of your lineup last year that won a national championship. None of those guys show up in the SEC stats at all. They just, they're not there. And when you look at their numbers individually, it's not like they're having a bad year. Nobody, well, you might say Kellum Clark. I mean, just in terms of average, he's, he got hot there for a while and was as hot as he could get. And, and then it's cooled off, but he was cold as a cucumber to begin the year. He couldn't buy a hit. Um, but you look at the average for Tanner and the RBI numbers and home run numbers and that stretch for Cumbus where he was really good, helped them almost kind of like single-handedly pushed them to the, the Ole Miss series win. They've had their moments, but like overall, that's what I'm talking about. You look at the stats, they're not there. And so if you look at SEC stats, individual guys, State doesn't have a player in the top 15 in batting average. Okay, they have one player in the top 15 in slugging percentage in the SEC. It's R.J. Yeager, a newcomer. They have one player in the top 15 in the league in runs scored. It's Hunter Hines, a freshman, newcomer. They don't have anybody in the top 15 in the league in hits. Uh, State has two players tied for seventh in the SEC with each other in RBIs. They are? Hunter Hines and R.J. Yeager. One a freshman, another a transfer, neither were here last year. So that's just an example. I mean, that's those numbers. State has um, State has two players in the top ten of the SEC in home runs. R.J. Yeager and Hunter Hines. Both newcomers. State has two players in total, the top 15 in the SEC in total bases. It's R.J. Yeager and Hunter Hines. So if you want to compare like what offense you are getting with the rest of the SEC, individual guys, in terms of numbers that people are putting up, State has two players who are competitive with the other top hitters in the league in these other categories. they got two players who are competitive with the other top offensive players in the league. And both of them are new to this year's team and weren't on last year's team. So it's an, it's, it is kind of an indictment on those guys from last year to this. It just it didn't – none of those were the guys that really made the jump, okay, to your point. But I will say this, Dog, you said pitching is not a, uh, as good, but it hasn't been awful until this weekend. But – and it's tough. I mean, like, I wouldn't use the word awful, no. I mean, from a pitching standpoint, like, overall as a staff, they've been a big strikeout staff. Um, State, in fact, leads the SEC in fielding percentage. I mean, they fielded it defensively, you know, been pretty good. Um, They're second in the league in terms of striking other people out. 
the only two pitching staffs in the SEC with over 500 strikeouts this year are Tennessee and Mississippi State. <laughs> so I don't know that I would use the word awful, but when you consider a number like this, Res Dog, now see if, sink your teeth into this. <clears throat> Last year, national championship team in 68 games gave up just 51 runs in the 8th and ninth innings. A lot of numbers there, but listen again. We're talking about runs that the pitching staff last year gave up in the 8th and ninth innings. In 68 games last year, they gave up 51 runs in the 8th and ninth inning. This year, in 20 fewer games, 48, this staff has given up 80 runs in the 8th and ninth inning. As we stand here right now, in 20 fewer games, this staff has given up 30 more runs in the 8th and ninth inning than last year's staff did all year. Last year, 51 late-inning runs in 68 games. This year, 80 late-inning runs in just 48 games. So even to say... <laughs> And pitching, it ain't that good compared to last year, but it hadn't been awful. Well, frankly, past your starting guys, past your bullpen this year compared to last year is awful compared to last year. It just is. Uh, Next Gen Rev on the Country Pleasing text line says, along the same lines, Ole Miss won its first game two in SEC play this weekend. How about that? First time all year they've won a game two in SEC play. That is mind-boggling. And he said this was also their first SEC series win at home this year. That also is mind-boggling. How does that happen? That's baseball. Norman said, what I was saying, I think other than some pitching needs, I don't see getting better talent in the transfer portal. Look at how it takes a transfer portal guy to get going. It's been taking half or more of the season to get plugged in. Talking about DeBrule and Jaeger. Yeah, it does take a while to adjust for sure. So you better not rely on it. <clears throat> they just got to, you know, develop a new mindset and outwork everybody in the offseason and um, go play and play free. And Sometimes the game will reward you and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> we, we're learning that. Rebel Tiger Dog says, uh, being realistic, what do you think it's going to take for State to get to Hoover at this point? I'd be happy with a Hoover appearance. Yeah, I mean, that's where they are. That's the only thing they have to play for, period. I mean, is getting into Hoover. And I think as of today, they maybe are in the last spot, but you look at what they have left. Road at a top 15 Texas A&M team who's hot as a firecracker, have a great atmosphere, pitch it really well, and then host Tennessee at the end. State's up against it compared to, like, Kentucky, who they're kind of competing with to get that last spot. Kentucky has Auburn and um, – I think they have A&M, too. Yeah. So a and is going to play a big role in who is and isn't in the last spot in the uh, SEC tournament in Hoover. <clears throat> Res Dog says, that's an amazing stat. I guess I've already turned off the game by the eighth inning to realize that they were still g- <laughs> giving up more runs. 
<laughs> yeah, I may be there with you on some of those. Um, <clears throat> Nick said, State's pitching is at the top of the league in strikeouts. The problem is they're also at the top in walks, and walks get you beat, and that has cost them several games. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. And that's a sort of an indictment on how competitive you are in the strike zone, too, you know, right? Because you got dominant stuff. You're just you're living in that strike zone more. Um, kind of where it is. And that's why I don't – you know, you look at a guy like Preston Johnson, shoot, man, I nobody's faulting him for anything. You talk about stepping up in a tough spot. Nobody was even talking about you much in the preseason. And that dude just goes out there and battles. They've just needed more of that in the back end of their pitching staff. And unfortunately, they were young. I mean, when you look at it, they were relying a lot, beginning to rely heavily on Brooks Auger before he got hurt and had Tommy John surgery. And he was a freshman. Really relying on Pico Khan, you know? He's a freshman. So uh, it's not their year for sure, and now it's it's Hoover or bust for Mississippi State baseball. All right. What you want in hour two? I got something for you. Did you see that, that one particular tweet that got retweeted about, oh, I don't know, 10, 12,000 times from Coach Leach? <laughs> I, I, I saw the results of the Kentucky Derby. Anyway, I'll tell you what it is. We start hour two. Stick around. 